0: Earth As it is in heaven. This is God's word and it is God's prayer. So last week we didn't get very far into the prayer. If you were here, we said our father who's in the heavens and then we stopped. So we'll hopefully get past that um, today. But we did learn some stuff about Israel's God. Um, He is the maker of the heavens and the earth. Okay. Um, He dwells in the heavens at the height of the heavens in a temple on a throne Um, and fire shoots out of it, according to Daniel. And as the maker and as the king of the heavens and the earth, he's the sovereign one over the heavens and the earth. And we use the example of Ray's Lego. Ray made the Lego, and he decides if the Lego is punished or rewarded. (laughs) And as the, as the sovereign, he's also uh, Israel's father. He chose to be Israel's father. Of the 70 nations scattered at Babel, the Lord said, Abraham, I'm going to take you and make you a great nation. And so he's their father because he called them, he elected them, uh, he disciplines them, which is his fatherly duty, and he promises to redeem them as his firstborn children. When he brings them out of the Exodus, what's he say? Israel, tell, tell Pharaoh, Israel's my firstborn son. Okay, And I'm going to deliver them, and we know further along into history that the one who will redeem the firstborn nation is the firstborn son, Jesus. And through the work of his son, his son's life, and death, and resurrection, and ascension, and and giving of the Spirit, through faith in that, We, as Gentiles, unless there are some uh, older Jewish brothers here this morning, we, as Gentiles, inherit these same promises through faith in the Son. Okay? That's pretty good. So, um, that's a lot, too. So, if if you want to hear more, you can listen to last week, or I would rather just talk to you about those things in person. Okay, so today we're going to finish out that first petition. Our Father who's in the heavens, hallowed be your name. Oh, Lincoln left. We had the Lord's Prayer actually in our thing this morning. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And these phrases, like the phrases last week, are going to mean more to us. They're going to move our heads and hands and hearts more if we know what's going on. Okay, The meaning behind these petitions, God, hallow your name on earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come. Um, They all have their roots in, in the Tanakh. Okay? In, in the Torah, in, in the writings, in, in the prophets. Um, and so that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to read a ton of scripture at church. I know. What a concept. So, uh, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and the Psalms are going to tell us what Jesus is, is getting at here. So first, our Father in the heavens, hallowed be your name. And the first thing I want us to notice is that this is not a declaration. Okay? He's not saying our father in the heavens, your name is holy. Okay? Now is God's name holy? Yeah, sure. But that's not what Jesus is saying, all right? He's not saying God, your name is holy. God, your know, father, your name is set apart. Those are declarations. We're we're saying something there. God is holy, but that's not what this is. Those are declarations. This is a petition. It's, Father, let your name be hallowed. Father, let your name be sanctified. Father, set your name apart as holy uh, among all the other names of all the other gods and all the other nations. We want all the nations to see this one God who is Yahweh. Okay? If I'm standing like a statue, it's because I'm trying to make this thing not Okay? So... My hips are fine, I'm just trying not to move them, all right? <laughs> so do, do you see the difference, though, between, between saying, God, your name is holy, and God, make your name holy, set, set apart um, your name? The opening petition is calling on God to do something, okay? It's an ask, God, do what only you can do. Father, hallow your own name. And, and what's happening here, Jesus is teaching them to pray a prayer they already know, all right? So this is not a revolutionary thing that Jesus is doing with these um, whoever the 12 disciples and whoever else is, is on the mount. One, there's a version of this prayer, okay, a Jewish prayer that's prayed in the synagogue then, and it's still prayed today. Again, if you can go down to OKC to the synagogue, they're going to pray this prayer called the Kaddish. And it's this, <laughs> I mean, wording's a little different, but, but it's this. But also, as people who are, are familiar with the scriptures, okay, a 15-year-old boy in the first century, a Jewish boy would run circles around my Old Testament professor, okay? It's just, that's just how it is. They, they know the scriptures, and they know this prayer of asking God to vindicate his name from their scriptures, okay? And all of these scriptures that they've got in their hearts and minds, they've recited since they were little kids, they have one moment they have one event, one mechanism that is the cause of God's name being vindicated. One event that, that over and over and over speaks to the howling of God's name above all, all the other names in the earth, okay? There's one event that's going to happen in history that all the nations will stop what they're doing and go, whoa, okay, whoa. And according to the scriptures, that event that causes God's name to be hallowed is the restoration of Israel. Okay? And I know that's not what is in our hearts and minds when we pray the Lord's Prayer. That's fine. It's, it's hashtag Gentile problems. Okay? We've, we've got them. Praying, hallowed be your name, is oddly specific. It's praying, Yahweh, restore your people to the land. Right? And, and we'll see what the prophets have to say about that. And it's a consistent theme. So first, Ezekiel, Ezekiel twenty, uh, Ezekiel twenty starts with the Lord describing why He delivered Israel out of Egypt. All right, God's reason for doing this. Right, first Pharaoh, let my people go. Charlton Heston, the whole bit. Ezekiel twenty, verse nine, he says, "I acted for the sake of my name." I delivered Israel for the sake of my name that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations. And then he, he describes their rebellion in the wilderness. And, and his. you guys know this story. They act up so much. The Lord is, is infuriated and he's like about to wipe them out. And Moses says, hey, hold up. I mean, it's more epic than that, but <laughs> Moses intercedes and he says to the Lord, who's about to, to pour out his wrath on them. He says, hey, if you do this, if you bring these people out of Israel and then you just destroy them in the wilderness, what are the other nations going to think about your name? What, what, what are they going to think? What will your name be among all the nations? So God doesn't wipe them out, right? Now he opens up the earth and swallows some of them, Okay, but, but not the whole nation. Ezekiel 20 verse 14, in, in response to this, I acted for the sake of my name. That it should not be profaned in the sight of the nation. Same thing, verse 22. Over and over and over, God's reason for delivering Israel is for the sake of his name. Then to to a people in exile, the Lord says, Ezekiel 20, uh, 40, For on my holy mountain, the mountain height of Israel, declares the Lord God, there There, all the house of Israel, all of them shall serve me in the land. As a pleasing aroma, I will accept you when I bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of all the countries where you have been scattered. And I will manifest my holiness, my hallowedness, my, my separateness. I will manifest my holiness among you in the sight of the nations. Hallowed be your name. How? By God delivering Israel. <laughs> right, that's, just, that's the point. 42. And you shall know that I am the Lord. When? When I bring you out into the land of Israel, the country that I swore to give to your fathers. Verse 44. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I deal with you for my name's sake. Hallow your name. How's he do it? They're delivering. It's again, oddly specific. The vindication and the holiness and the setting apart of God's name happens this way. Ezekiel 36. Again, a lot of Bible here. This is. Uh, but you know this one better. Then the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Ezekiel's prophesying, Son of man, when the house of Israel was living in their own land, they defiled it by their ways and their deeds, right? So you got King David, who, who's, who we you know, hold up as, as the prototype, the ideal king, right? And, and he's got all this garbage in his life too, but he always turns back to the Lord. we got Solomon. What's Solomon start doing? Solomon loves women, Right and the women that Solomon shows they love their idols right they're profaning the land and after Solomon uh, his children the kingdom splits and then after that Assyria Babylon invade and the people are scattered throughout the whole earth okay when they're living in the land they defiled it by their ways and, and deeds and God's name was profaned verse 18 therefore i poured out my wrath on them how do you do that through Assyria, through Babylon, through exile. I poured out my wrath on them for the blood which they had shed on the land because they defiled it with their idols. Also, I scattered them among the nations, and they were dispersed throughout the lands according to their ways and their deeds. I judged them. Okay, remember, our father. Whose job is it to do this to them? Their father, right? Good fathers, when their children act up, they teach them not to do it again. And surely, you read Ezekiel and you read the the Kings and, and, and the Chronicles, You read that stuff and you think, surely the discipline worked, right? Surely sending in foreign armies to to scatter them throughout the earth worked, right? Sending Babylon and Assyria and Persia, surely that fixed their misbehavior? Not so much, okay? Not so much. Verse 20, when they came to the nations where they went, they profaned, what did they profane? His name, his name, because it was said of them, these are the people of the Lord, yet they've come out of the land. OK, so imagine the, 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 the water cooler talk of, of the nations. All right. Oh, you hear about the Israelites, right? Isn't their shtick that God promised them this track of land for all their descendants forever? And that Yeah, that's what he told them. They go on and on about it and they got this temple and all this stuff. Right. That's all they talk about. Well, I heard that their God can't even keep them in the land. I heard they're they're scattered among the nations, not living in the land. And it turns out, this is, again, I'm not at the water cooler, but this is what I imagine happened. I think that Israel's God is just as fickle and untrustworthy and unreliable as our gods. Because the gods of the nations are kind of loose cannons, right? You never know what they're going to do. The God of Israel is supposed to be faithful. Well, Israel and Israel is supposed to be in the land. They're not in the land. So the nations of the earth go, eh. Yahweh, whatever. He's, he's just like the other gods. God's name is tied to God's words. And if God's words are not coming to pass, then God's name is worth nothing. God's name is garbage in the sight of all the other nations. It's not holy in the sight of all the other nations. Do you see what Jesus is getting out in the prayer? Hallowed be your name. Not profaned among the nations, but hallowed and worshipped. And this is a serious charge to God, okay? That talk at the water cooler infuriates him because he has set his word, Psalm 38, above his name, right? And so if they say God's not coming through on his words and on his promises that he made to these people, then he's a liar, and that is a problem. It doesn't take it lightly that the nations mock his name. So what is God going to do about it? Okay, what is his plan for the howling of his name? We keep reading in Ezekiel, verse 21. Water cooler talk. So I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord, God, it's not for your sake. Not for your name, Israel. It's for my name that I'm about to act. It's, I'm to, going to act for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations. All right, so you see the petition now. God, act for your holy name that we've messed up. Right? We've made a mess of things. We continue to make a mess of things. And so, Father, who's in the heavens, hallowed be your name. Act on, the, on behalf of your name. Verse 23, I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned. And then, when I do this, when I hallow my name, then the nations will know that I am the Lord. And the talk around the water cooler changes. Like, oh, Yahweh does everything he says he's going to do. We should fear the name of that Lord. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord God. When will they know? When I prove myself holy. When I prove myself hallowed. When I vindicate my words among the nations in their sight. Okay? Now how and when? Verse 24. For I will take you from the nations. I will gather you from all the lands and bring you into your own lands. All right? That's the first thing. All the nations of the earth will take notice when this happens in full. Verse 25, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and all your idols. That's second. First, bring them back into the land. The nations go, whoa, something's happening here because they were scattered earlier. Second, I'm going to sprinkle clean water on them. And then this, verse 26, moreover, I will give you. Okay, now (laughs) you is who? Israel and Judah, right? All of the new covenant language in the Tanakh is specific Israel and Judah, okay? So I will give you, I'm going to bring you into the land, I'm going to sprinkle clean water on you, and I'm going to give you a new heart. And put a new spirit within you. And I'm going to remove that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you. And I'm going to cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will be careful then to observe all of my ordinances. And we could do like 52 weeks on that. We're going to keep reading. Once the Lord pours out his spirit to the full measure on the house of Israel and on the house of Judah, verse 28, then you will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers, so you will be my people, I will be your God. Thus says the Lord God, on that day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will cause the cities to be inhabited, the waste places to be rebuilt, the desolate land will be cultivated instead of being a desolation in the sight of everyone who passes by. So at present, people look at the nation of Israel and the people of Israel and go, eh, whatever. Okay, I mean, is a big deal. 1967 is a big deal, but it, has clean water been sprinkled on them? Do they have a new heart and new spirit, and are they walking in God's statutes and ordinances right now? No, no the and uh, the, the 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 number one tourist destination um, for uh, LGBT celebrations and all that kind of stuff is Tel Aviv. Okay, so maybe this is not happening right now. They will say, though, when I do this, they will say, not what they were saying before, that Yahweh's a liar, Yahweh's just like our gods, He doesn't keep His promises. No, in that day, they will say, 35, this desolate land, this land that has been they've been scattered out of and, and destroyed and ruined, this desolate land has become like the Garden of Eden. And the wastes and the desolate and ruined cities are fortified and they are inhabited. Then the nations around you will know what will they know that they didn't know before, That I, the Lord, hallowed... God, you have to hallow your name. I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places. I have planted that which was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will do it. My servant David will be king over them. Right? Your kingdom come. Hallow your name and bring your kingdom. Your kingdom come. And they will have one shepherd. They will walk in my ordinances and keep my statutes and observe them. They will live in the land that I gave to Jacob. Their sons and their sons' sons forever. How long is forever? Forever. Right, you Greek scholars? How long? (laughs) Forever. (laughs) And the nations will know. What will they know? That I am the Lord who sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forever. Then into chapter 39. Therefore prophesy, son of man, say to Gog: thus says the Lord, on that day when my people Israel are living securely, will you not know it? Is Israel living securely right now? No, yeah, we we support uh, FAI Frontier Alliance International. I listened to a, an interview with them this week, and they're doing their interviews and their podcasts from bomb shelters. Because <laughs> after a certain you know year, all the house you know in in Oklahoma, every house has a porch. In Israel, every new house is built with a bomb shelter. Because they're not dwelling securely, okay? But on that day, when my people are living securely, will you not know it? You will come from your place out of the remote parts of the north uh, uh, with a great assembly and a, a mighty army, and you will come up against my people as they're like a cloud to cover the land, and it shall come about in the last days Hearkening back to Moses, Deuteronomy 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. In the last days that I will bring you against my land. So we've got a bad guy here. So that the nations may know me when I am sanctified through you before their eyes, O God, Thus says the Lord God, I will magnify myself. Hallowed be your name. I will sanctify myself. Hallowed be your name. And make myself known in the sight of many nations. And they will know that I am the Lord. Does this make sense? God has tied the vindication of his name and and the truthfulness and the faithfulness of his words to this event. To a single event in history, all the nations will go, whoa, Yahweh keeps his words. God's not a liar, right? What Moses said was true, what the prophet said was true, what Jesus said was true, what the apostle said was true. Hopefully what we're saying in Tonqua in 2021 was true. And God's name is vindicated. He's not mocked. He's not a liar. I'm going to magnify myself. So the, the prayer in the whole Sermon on the Mount—it's it, it's eschatology. Hallowed be your names means God restore Israel. God, you made promises to Abraham. You made promises to David. You prophesied through the prophets. You prophesied through Jesus. You prophesied through the apostles. Do it, please. Hallow your name, God. Do the thing. Jesus is teaching. These 12 Jewish men to pray for the redemption of Israel and the sanctifying of God's name throughout all the nations of the earth. Right? That's how the story ends. Now, different, different camps get there differently, okay? But the story ends with all the nations of the earth worshiping the king of Israel and the God of Israel. That, like, that's the end game. Okay, not running around, doing our own thing, being our own lords, learning and, 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 and believing and worshiping a, a, a guy from Nazareth, <laughs> a Jewish carpenter who is God. God's name is sanctified and it's hallowed when at the day of the Lord all the covenants are fulfilled and all of Israel is saved from their distress. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how how old are you guys? Were you guys alive in nineteen forty eight? Yeah, <laughs> It was a big deal, right? It's like, whoa, how did that happen in that day? You know, um, I won't say more there, but it was cool, okay. But that 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 ain't it, okay. So that's that's just Ezekiel, Jeremiah. Well, I spent the most time in. Ezekiel, the other prophets will do less. Although we could just open up Isaiah 1 and go through 66 and be good. Um, Jeremiah, therefore, different prophet, same time period, therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when they will no longer say at the water cooler, as the Lord lives who brought the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt, right? So that's the old story, right? Hey, you guys remember when Yahweh was like, let my people go, and then he did it, right? Right? They're not going to say that anymore. They're going to say, as the Lord lives, who brought up and led back the descendants of the house of Israel from the north land and from all the countries where I have driven them. Then they will live on their own soil. So the story in, in the age to come is not, I mean, I, I, I think we'll be talking about Egypt because we'll want to watch it. you know. Like, but the, the, the story, according to Jeremiah, is, hey, you remember when he did it again? <laughs> You remember when we brought in all the people to live in their own land? And when will this happen? How will God do it? Jeremiah 23. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord. I will raise up for David a righteous branch. You guys have been in church long enough. Who is the righteous branch from David? Yeshua, Jesus, all right. That guy, and he will reign as king in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved. In his days, all Israel will dwell securely, and his name will be called the Lord our Righteousness. So in the days that this righteous branch is raised up, the nations won't mock God's name because he did what he said he would do. You know, like, this is why the, like, when when Paul goes to prison at the ends of Acts, you know what he says? He says, I'm in these chains for the hope of Israel, right? That's where the mockery comes from. If we believe in the hope of Israel, too, it's like, well, Israel presently doesn't love the Lord. doesn't doesn't recognize Jesus as their Messiah. They're not dwelling securely. You guys are are crazy. And Paul says, yeah, I'm in chains for it. (laughs) In the days that this righteous branch is raised up, the nations won't mock God's name because he did what he said. The descendants of the household of Israel will be brought back to the land to live on their own soil and dwell securely in the land. And when that happens, all the nations go, he did it. We've got, we've got a book saying he would do it, and after he does it, they go, yep, he did it. He, he did the thing. His name is vindicated. His name is Halleth. Isaiah, next one. In, the, in that day, the root of Jesse, who is Jesse? David's dad. Da- Jesus is the son of... David, thank you. Right In that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal for the people's. And of him, the nations, all the Gentile nations, will inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. In that day, the Lord will extend his hand a second time to do what? Recover the remnant that remains of the people. He will raise a signal for the nations. He will assemble the banished of Israel. He will gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Can you do that? (laughs) You know what I mean? So you know, praying, hallowed be your name, is asking God to do an action that only God can do. You know, we can charter airplanes and buses or whatever, but God's the one who gathers Israel. God is the one who's going to take Judah who has been dispersed and go, Whoo. Right? Okay, that's the Lord's action. Isaiah 29. Isaiah 29, a passage describing Israel's distress and and mourning and lamenting, the whole deal. You can read the whole chapter, but then verse 5, we've got all this bad stuff. Verse 5, and in an instant, suddenly, you will be visited Israel by who? The Lord of hosts, with thunder and with earthquake and great noise, with whirlwind, with tempest and a flame of devouring fire. Jesus says as lightning flashes from the east, to the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Verse 7, And the multitude of all the nations that fight against Jerusalem, all that fight against her and her stronghold and distress her, shall be like a dream. They're going to be like a, a vision of the night. Okay, So the armies come against Israel, and they're gone like a dream. right? Because this Holy One comes from heaven with 10,000 angels and flaming fire to inflict punishment on those who afflict you, Israel like a dream, like a vision in the night. Verse 18, In that day the deaf shall hear the words of a book. Out of their gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind shall see, right? This is resurrection language. This is new creation language. This is day of the Lord happened language. The deaf see, the blind, you know what I mean? The meek obtain fresh joy in the Lord. The poor among mankind exult in the Holy One of Israel. Of all mankind, okay? So, you know, blessed are the poor, for they shall be blessed, right? Theirs is the kingdom of God. When Jesus comes, guess who's blessed? All the poor of the earth, because the guy in charge of everything knows how to take care of everyone. You know what I mean? And I know we have people that try their best to do it, but Jesus said, the poor is always going to be with you Till I'm sitting up there. For the ruthless shall come to nothing on that day. The scoffer will cease on that day. Right? They're not going to mock his name anymore. And all who watch to do evil will be cut off. Therefore, says the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob. Jacob shall be no more ashamed, and no more shall his face grow pale. For when he sees his children, our Father, when he sees his children, the work of my hands in his midst, they will sanctify my name. It's oddly specific. (laughs) The vindication and the hallowing of God's name is tied to this. They will sanctify my name, they will sanctify the Holy One of Jacob, and they will stand in awe... Of who? The God of Israel. All the nations. And so Israel prayed, Isaiah 63, You, O Lord, are our Father. Same thing. Our Redeemer. What's He doing? From old is your name. So just like Ezekiel, according to Isaiah, God's name is sanctified. God's name is set apart as holy among all the nations of the earth. When? When this happens. When the Lord delivers Israel in a time of trouble, suddenly... In an instant, that's when the howling happens. Okay? All right, we got through the prophets, Psalms, and then we're done. All right? <laughs> the Psalm, uh, well, I cut like 10 Psalms. We, we could have done so many. Psalm 102, verse 12. You, O Lord, are enthroned forever, our Father in the heavens. Okay? You will arise, you will arouse yourself, and have pity on Zion, on Jerusalem. Psalm, Psalm 106 uh, ties the pity on Jerusalem and its inhabitants, ties that to the covenant, and God's rescuing them from exile, but we, I had to cut Psalm 106, so you have to read it. You will have pity on Zion, and it is time. It is the time to favor her. The appointed time has come, for your servants hold her stones dear and have pity on her dust. Nations will fear what when this happens? The name of the Lord. It's oddly specific. <laughs> Nations will fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth will fear your glory, for the Lord builds up what? Zion. When? When he appears in glory. That's cool. 17, he regards the prayer of the destitute. He does not despise their prayer. He does not despise the disciples praying, God, we have screwed this up. Our nation, our people have run from you, been far from you, worshipped idols, done the whole bit. But God, now we're asking our Father who's in the heavens, hallowed your name. Sanctify your name among all the nations of the earth. You think the Lord despises that prayer? No. He's teaching them to pray this way. He's saying, guys, align your hearts and minds and, and hands and feet with this. Your Father who's in the heavens. hallowed your name, God. Let your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have the music team come up. This is what God's going to do, okay? He is going to, through the redemption of Israel, and they're regathering back to the land promised, He's going to vindicate His name. The water cooler talk will change significantly when this happens. Praying your kingdom come is praying Maranatha. Praying hallow your name is is praying Maranatha. It's praying, come Lord, appear in glory and do the thing. The hallowing of God's name, the coming of God's kingdom and God's king happen at the same time. It's the same event. It's the same Maranatha cry. God will restore Israel. And if he does not do this, he's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. Like the the this whole part of the of, of his word is just bunk. If this doesn't happen, you know what I mean. I have no reason to trust him if he just lies. But if he's truthful, and this happens, the, the talk at the water cooler changes. <laughs> hey, maybe we should listen to that guy. And God has confirmed that He will do. All of these things through raising his son from the dead. Okay? That, that's the sign. It's not some aberration in the story. God raised Jesus from the dead to confirm the promises to the patriarchs. To say, hey, I promised Abraham he would live in the land forever. One, which means the land's got to be there. And two, Abraham's got to live forever. But Abraham died. Promised David, <laughs> you're going to be king over this from Jerusalem for the whole earth. Okay? Forever. Your son will sit on this throne forever. Guess what happened to David? He died, right? And then and then, in Solomon, they're scattered from the land. And guess what? They died. And guess what's going to happen to everyone in this room? We're going to die. So our hope and hold on these promises is kind of like, Oh gosh, maybe I have you know hitched my wagon to the wrong horse here. Because so far, it's just, he's just lying and, lying, and lying, and lying, and lying, and lying, and lying. And then he sent his son, and he died too. So that's it, right? What the disciples like go back to fishing, and hiding in a room, and like, oh man, we, we messed that up. <laughs> the last three years especially, lost out on so much money. Dad's fishing business blew up. I've been following this rabbi around. He doesn't sleep in houses normally. All all the hopes of Israel just crushed. Okay? But you guys know what happened, right? Three days after this, God raised Jesus from the dead. Meaning, the promises to Abraham, I can still trust those things. And the promises to David, I can still trust those things. And everything in Ezekiel and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Amos and Haggai and... Joel, I can trust all of those things because there's an empty tomb. God raised Jesus from the dead, and then after this, He tells them, "Hey, go tell everyone else this because I've still got I've got work to do, right? I, I still have all kinds of things to do." And the good news is, is for any Gentile, right? Which again is us. Anyone who hitches their hope to the hope of Israel. Who, who says, hey, I, I want to be in on this stuff, God, what you're doing in this raising the dead business and the glory of the Lord covering the whole earth as the waters cover the sea business. I want to get in on that. All right, you believe in his name. And you believe that he went into that, went onto that cross for your sins, right? Your sins, not just Israel's sins, your sins, Adam's sins, children of Adam. He, he went into the tomb for your death that you deserve, Right? All of you, that you deserve, and he rose from the dead, so that you can inherit eternal life. Not because you're awesome, because he's awesome. And he's going to do everything he said he would do. And when he does, we won't pray anymore, God, hallow your name. We will actually be able to declare with the whole earth, holy is your name. Hallowed is your name. Your name is set apart. Your name is vindicated because you did everything you said you would do. Okay? That's fantastic news. Um, let's stand and let's pray. If, um, if, if you haven't believed that, right, if, if you haven't maybe thought about... Gee, and all that Old Testament stuff we went, went through today, if you're like, I've never even heard that in my whole life, I'd love to talk to you about that because um, it's cool. It makes your New Testament stuff make sense. Um, so that, if you, ha- if, you, if you haven't put your trust for eternal life in, in Jesus and, 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 and his word and his promises and his actions alone, um, I, I would like to talk to you about that today, pray with you about that today. Uh, if, if you don't want to do that with me and you're sitting next to a member of our church, you can talk to them about that, what it means to trust Jesus, what it means to repent, what it means to follow him faithfully. Uh, and depending on how that goes, we'll, we'll baptize you and scream and shout about it. Uh, and it'll be a cool, wonderful, awesome thing forever. All right. So, if you want to do that, talk to me, talk to the person you're sitting to, but let's pray now. God, we um, are, are in love with you, we're in awe of you, uh, because of your faithfulness to your word, God. God, we, we can't, seemingly can't trust anyone or anything, but we can trust you. God, you will uh, do everything you said you would do. You, you will crush the serpent's head, you will reverse the curse forever, we will no longer die, but live Forever, God, you will you will do everything you promised to Abraham. You will do everything you promised to David and the prophets and to your son. And we can trust these things because you raised Jesus from the dead to a body that's incorruptible and will never die again. And you sent the Spirit, God, to train us in righteousness, to keep us on a narrow path and following you. And so, God, I ask that you would by the Spirit, by the Scripture, by the encouragement uh, of our brothers and sisters here, anchor us in hope of what's to come. God, God we, I just ask that we would be the most optimistic people about the future of the world. than any, I mean, like that doesn't belong to Silicon Valley. That, that belongs to us. God, you're going to do everything you promised, everything you said. We look forward to that day when your name is vindicated in the sight of all the nations, when all the nations stream up to Zion to learn from you, to be taught by you, and you teach us to turn our swords into plowshares, nations stop warring against nations. God, fill us with hope for that day, especially on hard days, on on stuff... Days of, of sadness and gloom and darkness, God fill us with hope that you get the final say on the end of history. You 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 have determined how this thing plays out and it plays out in glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen.